dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about leadership? In the life of St. Joseph, we find four amazing lessons. In this talk, I'd like to uncover those lessons for leadership from St. Joseph's own life and the teaching of the Bible. Hello, everybody. I'm just so glad to be with you this day and to meditate with you on what St. Joseph teaches us about leadership. We've been looking at his life over the past few days, and now I want to summarize what we've looked at into four incredible lessons. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Joseph, right? We, we look at his life, we ask ourselves, all right, what does his life have to do with mine? A lot of us times we say to ourselves, the, the lives and the people, the people in the Bible just seem so distant from our own and they seem so extraordinary. And many of us don't feel extraordinary. We feel quite ordinary and therefore anonymous. Almost as if the leadership calls of the great people in the Bible were entertainment. <laughs> and sometimes they are entertaining. I mean, Samson, I mean, talk about entertainment. It's pretty amazing. And then so, or, or St. Joseph, I mean, you know, talk about a great human being. This guy ended up being the spouse of the Virgin Mary, the only person she ever entrusted her entire being to on this earth was St. Joseph. I mean, and that's the queen of heaven. So this is a pretty special fellow. And so we look at that and we say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm just a grandmother. I'm just a grandfather. Or I'm just, you know, Joe Blow. That's the first mistake. Every single person was created by God with a mission. And I, as a priest, just want to remind you about that because I find a lot of you have forgotten that. When you were baptized, immediately after the baptism, the priest takes the holy oil of chrism. Now, chrism is only given to a person at baptism, at confirmation, and if you're a man called by God to the priesthood, then you get it a third time, this time on your hands. But that's it. Never more than three times is a person anointed with chrism. And most people, only twice. Baptism and confirmation. And when he does that, he anoints you as a priest, a prophet, and a king. Because that oil was used in the Bible to anoint priests, 
prophets and kings. And every Christian is given that same oil. That the, it's a pretty bold proclamation that the church is giving here about you, your life, and about humanity in general. And that is to say, it's it, like, you're not just anybody. When you've been baptized into Christ, you've been made a priest. You've been made a prophet and you've been made a king. Every single one of you. And, and, and so my, my drama of my life suddenly becomes not, well, am I an extraordinary person? But will I embrace the greatness that God has called me to. And that is the drama. It's not a question of whether or not you're called to be a leader, everybody. It's a question of whether or not you're going to say yes to the call. Because I, when, when I baptized you, <laughs> I didn't baptize you into becoming, you know, I don't know, some, some sort of meek person who didn't do anything in life. I baptized you into the priesthood the, the, the prophetic mission and the kingship of Christ on this earth. And a Catholic is one who exercises that to the full. All right. So in that light, then, I suddenly find myself shoulder to shoulder with St. Joseph. Why? Because when you look at Joseph's life, Joseph also had a very humble outside appearance. He lived in a small town, not the big city. He was a, a man of physical trade who was not considered a leader in his village. And we know that because when they insulted Christ, they insulted him by insulting his father. When he came back to Nazareth, remember that scene? And he preached in Nazareth. They say, where did this man get all this? Isn't his father Joseph and his mother Mary? Isn't his father Joseph? There's no way he should have this greatness in him if his father is Joseph. Meaning that even in a small town, which is considered to be of nothing in the eyes of the country, in the eyes of the, the, small, the citizens of that small town, Joseph was considered to be nothing. How many of us look at the same thing and therefore say we are nothing? Since we're considered nothing, I mean, everybody else goes to the big schools. Everybody else got successful over here. Everybody else's business is doing just great and mine is not. Everybody else... I start to compare myself to this everybody else creature. <laughs> and when I do that, to the degree that I do that, I'm actually inside running away. Because inside, I'm not believing in my greatness. And what, what would happen if Joseph would have done that? Joseph would never have accepted to be the foster father of the Son of God. The truth is, Joseph teaches us how to look at leadership it's not from the outside and it's not in the eyes of anybody else. It's in the eyes of Almighty God. And if I could look at myself as God looked at me, and then I would find inside the, 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 the call from God. You are my beloved son. You are my unique daughter. And you are the one upon whom I've laid my hands to carry out the mission that I've given you. Do not look around to everybody else to tell you that you are great. Accept the mission and the greatness that I've given you. You're great in my eyes because I've created you and I've redeemed you and I've consecrated you and I've sent you forth. Joseph did that and he followed in the path of God. Imagine if each one of us would do the same. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. 
and subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. Looking at the life of St. Joseph, we find that he accepted that greatness that God called him to, and he had to look at his own life in that perspective of God all the time. And it wasn't just in it, it wasn't just from the outside of, of, of what his mission was and how people esteemed him. It was also in how he lived out his life. Look at how often Saint Joseph had to roll with the punches. So many of us think that if, if only I, if I was really great, my life would be just be so smooth, right? I'd have no problems. That, that because I have problems and challenges in my life, I'm doing something wrong, right? It, it, it's, it's, so, it's so common. And because then we have, we have that sentiment that we're doing something wrong, we kind of like knock ourselves out of the running. Well, I, I get what, I, it's just not for me. Those are for great people down the road. And we call that humility. I want to tell you something. I don't think that that's the right definition of humility. I don't think it's, it's humble for us to, to pause, put our life on pause because it's not being lived out according to what we think is perfect. And why do I say that? Because I look at Joseph and I look at how St. Joseph had to constantly be changed and knocked around by challenge. Let's look at the first one. He marries the most wonderful woman in, uh, on the planet and evidently God agrees with him because he didn't trust his own son to this most wonderful woman on the planet. And Joseph has to learn about it. What about my plans? I mean, I thought I was supposed to do X, Y, or Z. And this is why for St. Joseph, he goes through that great challenge where he decides in his heart that he's not fit for this mission and he dismissed, decides to dismiss her quietly. And then God appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Get over your fear about this change and allow me to lead you. And in fact, I think that many of us could look so much more with so much more optimism and a healthy sense of where we're going in our life if we could look at change as being an invitation by God to follow him instead of a condemnation by God that we did something wrong. I really want you to, to, to look at your own life, not as a, a race course that you're supposed to run according to your own plans, but as a, a, a course that you're supposed to run according to his plans and his timing. And this is what St. Joseph teaches us. He has to accept this big change in his life, and that's just the beginning of changes. When you look at Joseph's life, I think you could say, you know, for many of us, we'd be disappointed. I mean, our wife is counting on us, and so what happens? We decide to have her give birth, you know, there in Bethlehem. I mean, we didn't decide it, but then again, like, maybe Joseph should have paid attention a little bit more closely to what nine months means. <laughs> because there she was in her nine months, and he decides to go to Bethlehem to get registered. He had to make the decision. And God bless him that he made it, right? Like how many of us get to these points and we say, I can't make those decisions. Sometimes you have to make decisions and you do not know what will happen. And lo and behold, the time came for Mary to give birth while they were in Bethlehem. Sometimes I wonder if Joseph wasn't like, Mary, we were about to turn around and go back. Couldn't you have waited three days? <laughs> Couldn't God have waited three days? Why did Jesus have to come right now? But he was coming right now, and he had to roll with it. 
So he goes to the inn. I'm going to give birth to an inn. No good. There was no room for them in the inn. So then she's stuck out in a manger giving birth. And, and I wonder to myself sometimes, did Joseph ever beat himself up? Did he ever say to himself, dang it, I made a mistake? I don't, I don't know if he did or not, but I know this, he rolled with it. And allowed God to provide for where Joseph did not or could not provide for his wife any better. He did the very best that he could. And in the eyes of many, and maybe even in his own eyes, I don't know. In, it, he, was, he was stuck with being not at the perfect level. Leadership doesn't require for us to be perfect. Leadership requires for us to never stop giving our best. If you never stop giving your best, you're going to find yourself constantly in a position of leadership because you're going to be constantly engaged as if you were responsible for that corner of the world that God put you in. And this is what God requires of us. Because again, he goes from there. What happens next? Well, he gets chased out. I mean, the leaders of the world chase Joseph out. He has to go down to Egypt. And he has to stay in Egypt. And then he goes back from Egypt all the way up to Nazareth again, looking for a place for his son. Joseph, and then when he's in Nazareth, what happens? He provides for him in the ordinary of his life. In every sense of the world, world word, when you look at St. Joseph's life, it's hard for you to say, oh man, I have found that this guy on the outside was doing extraordinary things. No. But what you can say about him is that he embraced his mission with extraordinary passion and intensity. And he lived that mission out as if it was from God himself. And that's why we look to him as our model. If it was good enough for God's family, then it's probably good enough for yours to be faced with conflict and trial and difficulty. And, when, and even Joseph, from a business point of view, he had to take a hit. He left all of his tools back in Nazareth when he went to Bethlehem. He wasn't expecting to go to Egypt. He had to restart his business. He had to restart his, his way of living. And he, and he had to do it all with the stress of now having a little child. Joseph's life was messy. Leadership is messy. Uh, we have to get over it right now. The idea that our leadership of whatever we're doing is going to be clean cut. And if we could just run that clean cut plan, we're just going to be the most awesome leader of all time. Look at the lives of leaders. That's not how it worked. It was a constant change. What God requires of us is to be constantly focused on our sense of responsibility. I will not drop this ball. <laughs> I will not demission from my charge. I will follow through no matter how and no matter what takes place. This is the real test and the real sign of leadership. The third point that St. Joseph really typifies for us and brings home. And this is a really important one I want you to hear. Okay, so the very first point is that Joseph becomes this leader by accepting his call from God to greatness. The second point is that his leadership is found in rolling with the punches and changing with the circumstances and never giving up. The third goal and third point of his leadership is that Joseph really teaches us what the true goal from God is. If you have a family, your family is more important than your business. Hear it and hear it clearly. 
I know it might not be the most thrilling thing for you to do to go home and play with the kids, but God is asking you to go home and play with the kids. <laughs> it was much more thrilling for us in many ways. It depends on your personality. But for a lot of people, it's a lot more thrilling to engage their skills and their passions and their hobbies and themselves in the world of work. And work requires that from us. It enables us and it requires from us to really deep, dig deep and to give from the best of ourselves. And that's why work is great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that family life requires of us something different. It requires that we give of ourselves in the service of others, in a constancy that's not glorious. And what Joseph shows us is that this is the goal, that he form a communion of persons. And that he do that amidst failure, that he do that amidst all kinds of vicissitudes of life, the risings and the fallings. Joseph didn't lose touch with what he was needed to do. And that was to provide for his family, to protect for his family, but even more to lead his family by being a part of his family. You Just like you could never lead in your business careers if you aren't there in the business, so too you cannot lead in your family if you are not there in your family. And I don't just mean being there by checking the clock. I mean being there with your passions and your skills and your talents and your personality. Family life demands of us that we constantly show up. And this is what St. Joseph did. I mean, imagine, imagine if Joseph were to say, hey, look, my goal is to provide for you. I can't be there. I mean, it just wouldn't have been. He lived, lived every day by giving the very best of himself in the ordinary circumstances and being present. And, and th for this, what did he earn? He earned the admiration of the mother of God. <laughs> and he earned the gratitude of the son of God. And this is not a small thing. Sometimes I wonder if God allows business leaders to go through difficulty in their businesses or go through difficulty in your professional careers just to remind us that, you know what, in the end, all of us are building sandcastles that'll be knocked down. In the end, one thing will remain, and that is love. And let us fix our eyes then on that love and remember that that is the real goal. This is what St. Joseph teaches us. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. Now, again, when we look at his life, right, the majority of St. Joseph's life was not spent in doing anything that was extraordinary. I mean, we have some extraordinary passages, and he had an extraordinary life. Again, getting married to Mary, <laughs> this is no small thing. I mean, you know, talk about having good choice you know, or good taste in life, you know. He, he chose the Virgin Mary. He had some extraordinary moments. I mean, getting chased out by Herod was extraordinary, right? But the vast majority of his time, the vast majority, is not even spoken about. It says that Jesus went down with them from Jerusalem to Nazareth and he was obedient to them and he grew in wisdom and grace before God and men. And that's it. And we don't have the next, the next scene. 
Jesus is going out and preaching and Jesus is trying to save the world and Jesus is now 30 years old. But wait a second, when he was in the temple, he was 12. What happened for those 18 years? So even if you were looking to say, hey, wait, the first 12 years of Jesus's life, it was extraordinary for Joseph. He had an extraordinary life. Okay, you're right for the first 12 years. But the next 18 years, where is he? He's in Nazareth going to work every day. He's in Nazareth having meals. He's in Nazareth talking with his son. He's in Nazareth watching his son grow up in, in wisdom and in grace. And I think that that's extraordinary because it shows us that those crisis moments of leadership that we love to write books about and we love to make videos about. You know, if I was going to make a, a YouTube video of St. Joseph's life, I wouldn't just have the role reeling of like, you know, here or the real rolling of him going out to the field and then coming back again and then going out to the field, coming back. It would be extremely boring, you know. You'd show Herod. You'd show all the stuff that we're used to, the high points. And yet what St. Joseph shows us is that leadership isn't exercised in high points. It's exercised in constancy. And this constant decision to embrace the responsibilities that God has given us and to embrace them as if they were our own. The quality of a leader is found in his ownership. And this will make him able to lead in the extraordinary moments of life. He's not going to let go of that command as he pushes through the ambush point. And he's going to take point on the line as he goes through. And he's going to do that because it's his command. I, we totally get that. You know, when you come out of officer training school in the military, you know that you have to win the respect of the, of, of the troops that are underneath you. And so you set yourself exactly to that course. And you try to win that respect by doing, well, what, what, what's been put in front of you, but by, at the same time, being willing to embrace those extraordinary crisis points. But the real truth of our leadership isn't found in embracing those crisis points. It's found in embracing the ordinary. And by living that ordinary with an extraordinary enthusiasm. Why? Because that ordinary is filled with the extraordinary. St. Joseph's ordinary was to be the foster father of the Son of God. Now what's, your, what's so extraordinary about your ordinary? Look at it. I could tell you all kinds of things that are extraordinary about your ordinary. I mean, if you look at the people that you're with and you look at them from a different point of view, and instead of saying, okay, it's Fred and Bill and Jenny that I work with every day, if I were to look at that instead, instead and say, these people are immortal beings <laughs> that were willed by Almighty God to walk the face of this earth at this moment in time, and all of, of their processes in life have colluded to bring them to this moment with me, so that we could share this day together. And that I've been called to serve them in whatever way that I've been called to for this common good called the advancement of humanity. <laughs> Suddenly we'd be redefining our lives into the greatness where they belong. And St. Joseph, I mean, in, in the eyes of everybody else, what St. Joseph was doing didn't count for anything. He was a carpenter in a small town in a simple Mediterranean village. And he had one son, not two, not three, not seven, not nine, to one woman who had had that son before nine months of their marriage was up. And all of his relatives knew it, right? So like why he had to go to Bethlehem 
And I imagine the stares, imagine the looks. He's registering. They understand these things. I mean, like what Joseph had to go through from the outside was many places, many knocks in life that make his life seem very familiar to our own. And the financial stresses that he had to carry. What, what made him extraordinary is that Joseph lived those things with the eyes of faith. Not with the eyes of the world. But looking at his own life and his circumstances from the point of view of how God looked at them and therefore he embraced that ordinary with an extraordinary enthusiasm, an extraordinary faith, extraordinary dedication and that very ordinary life of being a father and being a worker in a simple Mediterranean village <laughs> lived from the inside and embraced from the inside Became, made him the most extraordinary father of all times and the father of the whole church, the guardian of the universal church. And so if we just can look at his life from that perspective, we see these four points of leadership. The first point of leadership is to embrace the call coming from God and to look at it as if it came from God. To embrace that you are not made for small things, but for great. You are not made for defeat, but for victory. You are not made to, for ease, but for challenge. You were made for this moment. St. Joseph embraced that. And that's why he entered into leadership. The second point that he shows us is that that leadership will necessarily be messy. It will entail changes and knocks and challenges and bumps along the road and a constant ability to pivot, to change, to move, to be agile. And, and, and so we can relieve ourselves from this burden that we have of thinking that our leadership should be lived out in some sort of perfect arc of triumph. <laughs> That's not how it was for St. Joseph. He allowed God to modulate, to shape, to move him through the challenges and the vicissitudes of his life. The third lesson is to not lose the sight of your true goal. St. Joseph was called by God to form a family and his business supported his family. And in the same way it goes for us, your spouse comes first, then your family, and then your business career. So your leadership is going to be exercised all the better in your professional life as you live it out in the day-to-day -day life of your family. And that's why God allows the majority of our time to be spent in the ordinary. May God bless you. May he give you the courage to dare great things with his son and to never give up. May St. Joseph watch over you always. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.